guys are four and two over your last six since the swap with Buddy and Bogey. What is it you're feeling out there that's different uh, when you're on the court with Bogey versus when you're? Um, I mean, obviously it brings you know another another level of playmaking. Um, but I think at the same time, Buddy's been great for us off the bench. He's coming in. You know, he's been a spark for us when we've needed it. Um, obviously, you know, the last time we played Minnesota, he's the reason that we were in that game. So um, I think they're both, you know, playing well in the, in the, in the different roles that they have, and uh, it's helping the team. So you're really having a huge breakout here over the last six weeks or so. What is it? Are you just feeling better? Are you just finally reaching your potential? Uh, I don't know. I mean, I think there are still shots that I'm missing, and you know, uh, you know, still have to shoot better from the free throw line. But I think I have, you know, played a little bit better over the stretch and. Um, I mean, I'm just trying to do whatever it takes, you know, to help my team win, so. Bogey had uh, 23 points tonight on just seven shots. Have you seen something like that? Man, he's been he's been really efficient, you know, the last couple games, and uh, that's something we know he can do. Um, I mean, there are shots that he's passing up there. We're telling him to shoot, but, you know, uh, I mean, he's such a team player that, you know, he, well, one, that'll help us, you know, as a team, but uh, he's always just there and, and ready to, to make the right play. You guys are able to get it health-wise. You back, Bogey back, and Buddy together. What does it do just in terms of your, just your playing consistency, having all three of you together? For a while, you guys haven't been able to all get together at the same time. Uh, I mean, I think we all complement each other well. You know, um, and playmaking and, and a mixture of playmaking and shooting. Um, it, it all goes hand-in-hand -hand with each other. And, um, you know, with us three being back, I think we're all playing uh, at a pretty good level. And, um, you know, we know we have to continue this and play at an even higher level if, you know, we're trying to dig back into this thing. Um, all the games are with Minnesota. Um, I don't know. I mean, you know, last time we played them, um, I mean, they set a franchise record for threes. And like I said, uh, Buddy was able to, you know, just he kind of willed us back in. Um, and then tonight, I mean, we were up 20, and we knew they weren't. We knew they wouldn't stop. We knew they weren't going to stop. Uh, they continue to shoot. They're, they're going to shoot a lot of threes. Um, but at the end of the day, I don't think we executed, you know, at those times. But you know, we found a way to win the game. So at the, at the end of the day, that's what matters. Well, that was a little De'Aaron Fox for you post game, following yet another Kings win, uh, fourth in the last six games. Kings beat the uh, Minnesota Timberwolves 113-109. Uh, you know who I am, I think. This is Jason Jones of The Athletic. This is your latest edition of Post 82 uh, of the Throne Room Breakdown. Uh, like I said, the Kings win 113-109. Fourth win in the last six games. The fourth win since uh, Luke Walton took the uh, made the decision to bench Buddy Hield and put Bogdan Bogdanovich in the starting lineup. I think it's worked out well for the Kings. I think you've got a more efficient Buddy Hield. I think De'Aaron Fox is a lot more comfortable being aggressive to start the game, not feeling like there's another guy he has to set up before he gets himself going. I think it's working out well. I don't know if Buddy Hield agrees with that, given that uh, you know Buddy felt like this decision was in essence blaming him for the team's struggles. Uh Last two games, Buddy hasn't stuck around for media availability. And, you know, you would say it's not that big of a deal. But all season, Buddy's been very talkative. Uh, <laughs> always has a lot to say. Win, lose, or draw. Buddy's always had plenty to say. And lately, we haven't had anything from Buddy. So, that's a little bit different. But, hey, it is what it is. You know, no big deal. I'm not going to... Uh, vilify buddy for not speaking lately 
I know there is some, you know, frustration with uh, not starting. And also, I know the last um, last week, he being a guy who was a big Kobe Bryant fan. It's known that Kobe Bryant is essentially Buddy's basketball idol. With Kobe's death, I you know I know Buddy didn't want to keep talking about Kobe every day, so maybe that's part of it as well. But I will say overall, I like the move right now. I think it's uh, one of the things that maybe to salvage this season, you know, going into the summer that that's a role maybe Buddy feels very well. I'm still concerned about financially. How much do you pay Bogdan Bogdanovich? Considering that you're basically paying Buddy Hill starter money, and he's not, as he, you know, do you want to go into next season bring him off the bench? But the Kings are, are have been consistent. You know, just talking to people in the organization that they are comfortable going into the summer with Bogdan Bogdanovich as a restricted free agent and being in a position to match any offer he gets. So you're looking at a situation where. If this all this all could play out where you're paying your two guards an awful lot of money, you've already given De- uh, uh, Harrison Barnes a nice deal. You're still then Darren Fox will be eligible for an extension, which wouldn't kick in obviously till the 20, 21, 22 season. But still, you're going to commit a lot of money to the backcourt. So I'm interested to see what the Kings do with that. But right now, I like the way they've looked with this this uh, change. I think it's settled Buddy down, made him more efficient. I think it's made uh, Bogon be a little more aggressive. A little, you know, he was a he was great in terms of his efficiency against the T Wolves. He only took he only had seven field goal attempts, made five of them, but he still finished with 23 points. He got to the free throw line nine times, and he also made four or five from three. So. Can't really complain about his efficiency. De'Aaron Fox had 31 points, 5 assists. Second time in the last three games he's went over 30 points, including last week's career high because the Clippers are 34. And Buddy, in 20 minutes, 16 points, 6 to 12 shooting, 2 of 5, 3. Uh, he got to the line three times in that span too. So very efficient. And I I, I like that for them. I, you know, It may not be Buddy's preference. And I get that, but I think right now, as you try to figure out what's best for this team going forward, it's something to look at. There's people around the league who believe Buddy probably should be in a six-man role, so at least you're getting a good look at it right now. Maybe you get 10, 15 games of it. The way it sounds right now, Luke Walton's not He's not uh, leaning toward changing anything, and I don't think he should right now. You won four or six, including that win at the Clippers is probably – all things considered, one of the better wins of the season. So you don't mess with this right now. You go ahead and ride this thing out and see what it gets you. And second, another thing from this game that just really jumps out, oddly enough with the trade deadline, is that I think Dwayne Dedman had one of his better games of the season in terms of his effectiveness. He kind of showed what the Kings hoped he would have been from the start, even though he wasn't that. You know, he only had four points, missed all three of his threes, two of eight from the field, but... He had 12 rebounds, 3 assists, 2 steals, 5 blocks, was a force defensively. And that's what the Kings wanted, at least that wanted from Deadman when they signed him, in addition to the you know the 3-point shooting in the offense. But yeah, and, and, and speaking to the coaches, speaking to people around the team, before Dwayne was taken out the rotation, 
they felt like defensively he had been, you know, okay, solid, and he was the reason why the defense had improved. For the stretch, it was improved. You really can't call it very improved over the whole entire course of the season. But there was a point where it was being said that Dwayne Dedman was a key along with Rashawn Holmes to the better defense. And with Rashawn due to come back pretty soon, uh, if the Kings have it their way at the end of the week after the trade deadline, which is Thursday, you know, you're looking at a situation where Dwayne's going back to the bench. And the real question is, will Dwayne even be around <laughs> after Thursday to go back to the bench? What can the Kings get for him in a deal? What are the Kings looking for in a deal? What's realistic? A whole lot of things to consider. You know, is there a team out there who will take on Dwayne, you know, for this season and next season, knowing he has a relatively low buyout for the year, for the third year? What could the Kings get back for that? Could they maybe get more athletic, get some more wing guys, get some more size? No, there's a whole lot to consider with this, but I said, you know, going into the trade deadline, given the Kings don't play again until Friday, if um, if the Kings were, quote-unquote, trying to, you know, audition Dwayne Dedman, even though at this stage of the game, teams know who guys are. You don't really go through an audition or showcase a guy, really. But if they were doing that, I think, you know, Dwayne did a, you know put on a pretty good showing in his final game before the, for the trade deadline. So now we'll just wait and see what happens. See what happens <laughs> from there. It's going to be a interesting next couple of days just because a whole lot of chatter. A lot of times the chatter amounts to nothing. But under Vlade Divac, the Kings, you know, at least the last couple of years, have always made some kind of move around the deadline. The last time they didn't do anything, let's say, it was a 2016. And that was the uh, George Carl, George Carl season. Didn't do anything and... That season went from a, from a campaign where the Kings looked like could have they could have maybe made a push for the playoffs to tanking to get a better pick in the lottery. Oh, I'm sorry, they didn't say they they didn't tank. Whatever, whatever that that was tanking. So then you know you look at 27. You know the next year, you know, 2017, Demarcus Cousins gets traded at the deadline. 2018, George Hill gets moved at the deadline. 2019. Zach Randolph and Justin Jackson get moved to the deadline. So I the Kings have already made one deal, and that deal has <laughs> really helped out Portland with Ariza, Swanigan, and Winyan Gabriel all going up to the Northwest. So that deal has helped them out a lot. So I know it might irk some people to see those guys contributing to a team that's one of the hottest teams in the league right now, largely because Damian Lillard is a monster right now. You know, he might be the most dangerous scorer in the game right now, the way he's been playing. But that's the one move the Kings have made. Right now, they're they're at a 15 uh, roster spots because Eric Mika signed a 10-day. But if they had to make a move, I don't think a 10-day contract would stop them. So, the main, I'll sit around. We'll all sit around. We'll see what happens. But, like I said, Dwayne Dedman... That was a nice showing from him tonight. I thought his defense was really key. Um, did a good job taking on the challenge of Carl Anthony Towns. He finished with 22, 10, and 6, but he wasn't a dominant force in this game. You know, he was, you know, he was okay. You know, I just, it was it's interesting because uh, the, the T-Wolves are now 0-16 in the last 16 games Carl Anthony Towns has played in. And so with this, with tonight, the... 
Timberwolves have lost 12 in a row. So the Kings avoided the embarrassment of having them come in and end in a second ten, uh, t- uh you know, double-digit losing streak against Sacramento, which was what happened last time Minnesota was in Sacramento. But that game was also without Carl Anthony Towns. And if you want to be a cynic based on the numbers this year, they're a better team without a two a Carl, who's a two-time All-Star. So it's a very weird thing. But I guess on the bright side for the Kings, this game didn't go to overtime, which has been the norm with these two teams. They've had some, some extra periods in, in the first couple of meetings. So... The Kings led by 21, let the league get all the way down to two, but they still held on, even though they tried their damnedest to make this game interesting, which included getting a five-second count with 4.7 seconds to play up three. Yeah, so, I mean, just another fundamental gaffe, but they were able to overcome it because, well, they're playing the Minnesota Timberwolves, and Minnesota is one of the one of the only teams below the, the Kings in the standings in the Western Conference. Man... Right now that, you know, if you look at the standings, only Minnesota and the Warriors are below the Kings in the standings. So if you want to go to the whole should win game, you know, which I don't believe the Kings can afford to play. But if that was the case, yeah, they should, whatever, should be able to beat Minnesota and they were able to pull that off. Uh, guys, they're still talking a little bit about trying to, you know, uh, there's chance to still save the season, so to speak, salvage it, get to the playoffs, whatever the case may be. They're six games out of the playoffs right now, but they're also up and they're six, you know, six behind in the lost column behind Memphis. The Memphis is also a 500 team right now. The Kings are 12 games below 500, so there's, there would still be a whole lot of work to do. I'm still looking at draft guys and seeing who they can get <laughs> because to me that's where this season is destined to go and the season really should be focused on uh, seeing what you've got in Fox, what can he do carrying you down the stretch, eventually getting Marvin Bagley back on the court at some point and seeing what he's got and also this this trio of Fox, Buddy, and Bogey just seeing some of the possibilities that could rise with that. So. Yeah, it's going to be an interesting next couple of days, though, waiting for this trade deadline to get through. It'll be um, Dwayne Dedman. The Kings, are said, said are, have been pretty consistent. They're not shopping Bogdan Bogdanovich. They're going to get calls on the Nemanja Bielitsa, a good shooter with uh, a very reasonable contract. Outside of that, we'll wait and see. So that's all I'm going to hit you guys with tonight. Uh, I'm not going to make fun of Niner fans who I've made fun of. Well, I will. But I'm going to save some of that for uh, Tuesday's throne room breakdown because, Kenny, I'm going to invite Jason Jones to the Niner parade. Need to get some of these jokes, too, because just because the Raiders moved to Vegas don't mean I should be subjected to this abuse that they've been throwing at me the last few weeks, you know, inviting me to a parade and offering to buy me Niner stuff, all that stuff. Yeah, you know. Yeah, some of you Niner fans have been mad disrespectful to me. So, yeah, hope you enjoyed the Super Bowl because guess what? I did. Six minutes to go, you couldn't hold on. Oh, well. Hate to see it happen. Couldn't happen to a more obnoxious, arrogant fan base. So, hey, it is what it is because a lot of you are also San Francisco Giants fans and you guys torment me as well. So, take that. Y'all have fun out there. I'm going to stop before I start getting hate mail from you guys for making fun of the Niners. So, Y'all be good. Take it easy. Uh, Mr. Jones LBC on Instagram. 
Mr. Underscore. No, sorry, took that back. Mr. Jones LBC on Instagram. Mr. Underscore Jason Jones on Twitter. I will limit my Niner jokes to a minimum as long as I'm not provoked by Kenny, Brian, and all you guys out there. So y'all be good. I will catch up with you later, and I'm gone.